Are you looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. How exciting is this? I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Trespicio. And every week on this show, we show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so you can grow your brand and your business. So today we're talking about mindset, Paula, mindset. Oh, we're getting in your head today a little bit, right? Because here's the thing. One of the reasons that you're not in the media a little bit more could be because of you. Nobody likes to hear it, and it's a harsh reality, but you know what? It's true. There's no doubt. Some of the stories that you're telling yourself and some of the things that you're saying – they're keeping you from being in the media more, right? So, Terry, what are some of the things like, uh, oh, but I'm not really an expert, yes. right? A lot of oh, I'm say not that. really an expert is like one of my faves, but I'm it's not like key. an expert. Like, who, people would, who think, am I? People think that expert means you're supposed to know everything in the entire world. That's actually not what expert means. Expert means you have an established and seasoned understanding of a very specific thing. And you have a certain expertise, and you have an expertise, and you have an expertise. Everyone has an expertise. <laughs> everyone has it. And it's not that everyone has the same one. I don't know everything and you don't know what I know and I don't know what you know. So first of all, just stop saying that because when you go, I'm no expert, then I'm like, why am I listening to you? Totally. It's so true. I hereby anoint you an expert. (laughs) Everyone here is an expert. You you have our full permission to be able to do that. But the other thing is sometimes people say, you know, like I don't have a book. Yeah. You know, having a book, right. Having a book does give you some sort of cachet extra little bit, you know, it does help you get into the media even more. And, you know, we're going to be talking to um, Farnoosh Tarabi, who's a friend of ours, author, and who, you know, uh, it, that's coming up in a, in a couple weeks, that episode with her. Um, she talks all about how you can use a book to get your brand out into the media even more. But you don't have to have a book to do it. I think it doesn't that's make actually, you an expert. I don't know. if people, Well, I think people really believe that, but I think it's also a great way to procrastinate. Because if mm-hmm. I really believe I need a book. If I do, had this. If I yeah. had a book. Um, then I could go out and do media. Well, that's very convenient if you're afraid to go try because you can say, oh, wait till my book's done. Well, that's like, did you even write a book yet? Did you submit it to a publisher? I mean, like, this is years away. There's no reason you can't be doing uh, media and putting yourself out there right now. It's but, true. Um, well, I, you know, I do have a book, but I was doing media before I even had a book. I just had a blog. That was it. You know, it was, it was a blog. And, and I was like, you know, I know how this works. And if I don't get some media attention for this, it's like it doesn't exist. Uh, so working in the media for so long, I knew this has to be out there for people to then view me as an expert. So that's the thing. If you're in the media, then people view you as that expert. It actually so you sort of the book deal. Exactly. Backwards. You could actually maybe be better off getting a book if you've established some, you know, credibility and and effort to sharing your message in the media. To talk about it, to be a go-to person, to be like, oh, that's the person who talks about this financial thing. Or that's the person who, in my case, talks about lists. And people come to me all the time for lists. And they were coming to me for lists before I even had a book. And so it's just putting yourself out there and, 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 you know, getting out there in a a certain way. And Terry, I was at a conference. I mean, you know this a couple couple days ago. And I met this woman, you know, filled with experts, lots of people who want (laughs) to have their message out in the world in in a bigger way. And uh, she has a really interesting take on stuff. She uh, works with middle school and high school kids, more so with their parents, to get those kids ready for after you leave college, what are you going to do? So really reverse engineering your whole career from way before. So it's not like you Smart. take the time of college to figure it out, which is what a lot of us did. Yeah, no uh, now, start sooner, right? <laughs> right. right. Well, uh, start sooner. So I was like, you know, this is such a great idea. And she, I heard her talk about it. And I went up to her afterwards and I said, you know, have you done media? Because I just feel like this is so primed. Like I could totally think of like five different pitch ideas for her. And I could see her in, in magazines and, you know, on TV and morning shows and moms would love this and all of that. And she literally like gasped and looked at me like what I had just said to her. She was like, <gasps> who, me? 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 Like, it what? was very, And I was like, I was like taken back because I was like, what did I say? You know, but she really we didn't did not say we were see herself. Give you the Oscar. We didn't. We weren't going to give you an Academy Award. We're saying <laughs> you should be doing some media segments. I don't know what this is. It was, was just. So she was. She, was, she couldn't imagine. Shocked. 
she could not imagine. She's like, are you sure? And I was like, you got a really good story here. You know, this is something that people want, right? That's, that's the thing we always talk about is that is what you say able to serve other people. Right. Uh, and for sure. I mean, people, parents all over the country would love her tips. How do you get your kid to be more successful when they leave college and make more money and all of that stuff? It's valuable she just, information. If someone, yeah. if she has business, she has a business. If people pay you for this thing, then who wouldn't want to hear some of that expertise for free? Because that's all media is. It's sharing what you know in a little tiny slice of your expertise for free out where other people can hear it. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone's already paying you to do a thing, pretty much you could take this out in the world if you're able to, and we'll talk all about this. There's a skill for how you present in the media. But I think part of it is that people can never even imagine that anyone would want to hear from them in the media. Right. And they also think that you have to have some kind of glamorous profile. Turn on the news, turn on talk shows, watch people contribute who are regular people. They're not all geniuses, okay? Not exactly how it works. But no. Look, I'm a big talker. I'm all like, listen, I am the worst. (laughs) Yeah, you do share this a lot about your your own imposter syndrome. So Terry, tell us tell us about that. A lot of us have it, but you like to talk about it. Terry is is, is, well, she's a writer, and so writers (laughs) like to emote. So that's what she does. Well, we should have done it to have my mother on because (laughs) we should have brought her on. Well, my mother has spent her life trying to convince me that I could do what anyone else was doing because I really didn't believe it. I was sure. There was something I missed or something I wasn't quite capable of that wouldn't allow me to do what other people could do. There's no evidence for that, that they made up idea. Uh, I did miss um, when they started teaching long division in third grade. I missed the beginning of Mm. the And I forever thought I was going to be a few days behind forever after that. But actually, the real I didn't want to be a long division expert. I wasn't trying to be a math expert. That was just a point of insecurity, which I think it is for a lot of people. But I wanted to be a writer. I loved writing. I, I, I did it as much as I could as a kid. I filled notebooks. I, you know, and I, I submitted poetry to contests at, at school. And sometimes I won. And like, it was like, yeah, I won. But it's not like I'm a real writer. And my mother was so tired of this that when I was, uh, <laughs> she's like, enough with this. I've had it. Well, my mother if you've ever like, met Terry's mother, you would know exactly. Like, she can't deal. She's very with frustrated. It. So like, my mother gives me a series of Christmas presents over the course of those fragile years, like teenage high school years. And one, like one year she went like hog wild with these t-shirts that they were selling at the mall that had sayings on them written in glitter. And so, you know, Bedazzling was a big thing back then, huh? Sorry, just New York City sounds. Um, And so my sister got one that said, um, I have PMS. I mean, like horrible, like so funny, (laughs) but like just don't bother me or, you know, like kind of moody stuff or uh, whatever. You know what mine said? It said, I'm a writer. (laughs) And I said, Mom, are you going to give me a shirt? It was a green shirt with pink sparkles on it. And it said, I'm a writer. I said, Mom cannot wear this shirt she's like you are a writer you need to just believe it you need to like she wanted me to step into it to wear it she's like stop questioning it and I thought that was the sweetest gift and I that never is. wore that shirt like, never no uh, come on I don't walk around I'm a writer I wasn't gonna do that but it, the message was clear and then she gave me another year a paperweight and I had this paperweight for a long time and it said whether you think you can um whether you think you can do it or you can't you're right so uh, the fact is, if you think you can't do it, you're right. You won't. You can't because you think you can't. And mm-hmm. if you think you can, you can. Yep. Please. My mother was just my own little personal pocket Oprah. I was just going to say, this sounds a lot <laughs> like Oprah because right in my head, what pops up? Oprah Winfrey. You become Please. what you believe. Of course. I mean, that's right. one of my favorite quotes ever that Oprah has ever said is, uh, and I actually think she stole it from Maya Angelou, but whatever. Um, it's you become what you believe. And so in that same vein, that's hey, it. if you fee- if you're like, you know what? I want to be on TV. I want to be in the media. I want to be that go-to person. I just want more visibility. I want to be out there. You become what you believe. And for my list-making friends, when you write something down, you become 33% more likely to actually do it. So if this is a goal of yours, if being in the media, putting yourself out there, getting more coverage, getting a book, doing any of those things, if that is something that you want, writing it down, write it down. It doesn't have to be on your daily to-do list because if it's on your daily to-do list, that's a little, that's a little bit much. You can't oh put God. write book on yes, your daily to-do list. Please. That is the subject 
of a whole other show. But if you do write down something, you're 33% more likely to do it. I mean, why wouldn't you just Why would you do it? But I think, and that's, we're talking about is also intrinsically motivated, like believing you're just going to, you're going to do it because you want to do it and you can do it. I was always looking, and I know a lot of people do, for the outside affirmation. Approval? Uh Approval. That if enough people approved, as if it came externally. And the reason I know this doesn't work is, I got so much support and wonderful feedback. And I, I won writing awards. I got all A's. I did, all the external stuff was there. It didn't matter. I still mm-hmm. didn't feel like I was the real thing. And, and I, I, think, I don't think it's like, okay, let's overcome imposter syndrome. I think what I've decided based on the things I've read, people have influenced me and inspired me, is that that voice is going to be there. You just decide you're turning the volume on that down. She's, she or he still be muttering to you in the background that like, you're no good. You can't do anything. Just like just mm-hmm. turn down and be like, man, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen. You have to, to not wait till you believe you're great. You have to just act in spite of it. Just act anyway. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's interesting too, the, the idea of being picked for a thing. Right. And so, so often, I mean, we work with a lot of clients, you know, uh, on on media and and we have, of course, Lights, Camera Expert, which this show was named after. Uh, And we talk to a lot of a lot of people, a lot of experts who are, you know, very, very accomplished in, in whatever it is that they do, whatever their field is. And they say right before they join the course, they say, oh, I didn't realize I could pitch the media. I had no idea that was a thing. They think it's the publisher's clearinghouse. It just said. They think house. yes. They think oh, if I'm worthy enough, they will find me and I will get picked. That will happen. And you know what? Sometimes that does happen because as a producer, you're constantly looking for new people. You're out there. You're you know you you want to get new stories. You want to have new experts. All of that stuff. But what do you always say, Terry? You have to decide to be seen. And so no, a lot of times, to, to put yourself out there. And does it mean like, well, I did it. Like people will say to us, well, I did it. I sent my pitch. I didn't hear anything back. Well, who said it was a one-to-one, 100% success rate? You know, anyone will tell you, anyone who's done anything of note has tried and tried and tried and, and been rejected. Even Paula, you said like when you sent out your book proposal, it's not like someone goes, okay, boom, you're an author now. Like it took work. You get turned down. You have to be turned no. down. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that that proposal got turned down, I think, four times. And it was like every time I was like, really, am I going to keep doing this? And it's like if you want it enough, you'll just continue to do it and you'll listen to the feedback and you'll listen to the people who know how to do this and who understand it better than you do, because that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, going into um, something different. Right. So like publishing or in this case, media, having people who can mentor you to say, hey, this is I think you you, you might think that this is what it is, but this is really what it is. Right, well, and then it. you give them what they need. And that's what they want. Right. And that's all that it is about media. You give the media what they want. It might not be the thing you wanted to talk about and your life's well, right. purpose and work. Don't care. Get yourself some some uh, well, some visibility. That's the opposite. That's the flip side, actually. Of, I think kind of the, has a, a, imposter syndrome is like one side of the coin. The mm-hmm. other side of the coin is I know best. This is what should be out. This is what people should think. And no one understands it. And people are dumb and ignorant. And the media is stupid. Right. No one gets me who is the only pillar of truth. That's just as self-defeating as imposter syndrome. Mm. Trying to force people to think that yours is the only way. You'd be smart. To, like It's kind of like I keep serving peanut butter and jelly to the media and they won't eat it it's like (laughs) what is wrong with them like maybe you should try something else you can't force stuff down the media's throat absolutely cannot you have to change the meal and and you're right this is why it it, it's why you have to learn from other people who've been doing it because the way you see what you do you change it you can't be overly attached to how you present what you do because exactly a different recipe would change everything and that's really what paul and i do we help people see what they do in a new way that is something the media wants we're not trying mm-hmm. to change who you are, but like, we know what they think. Because we well, are. and the best experts are the ones who go with the flow on that, right? Are the ones who maybe come in leading with one thing and then producers or editors say, you know what, that's cool, but I really need to do a piece on this. Could you talk about that? And those experts who jump up and say, yep, sure. I can do it. Absolutely. They become our go-tos. They're the ones who we constantly bring back again and again and again. You don't argue and with them. You don't no, know. you just go with the flow. And, you know, one of our best examples is the guest we're going to bring on after the break here um, is, I mean, Dr. Ben Michaelis. Number yeah. one, we love him because he's a great expert in this field of mindset. And so he's going to set yeah. us all straight 
and let us let us know what we should be doing and how we can overcome all of this. But number two, he's a frequent media guest. I mean, I have interviewed him myself many, many times. Um, and he's been on the Today Show and all of these great outlets over and over and over consistently. He's a dream. But mm-hmm. it's not that he's the only and best psychotherapist in the world and no one else can do what he does. It's not true. He knows how to play this game. Right? He wasn't yep. trying to convince you, Paula, to cover things that he thought were better than what you thought. There's no point in that. He knew no. how to serve it up. Well, and there's as a result, more people heard uh, his wisdom. Exactly. And there's a difference between being, and we'll talk about this for sure, but being, um, you know, a, a resource for the media and then also being. Of you know, a thought leader to be able to say, hey, this is a big deal. You should listen to this. And being my eyes and ears on the ground out in the world that I don't know anything about as a producer, I don't know this industry as well as you do. And so right. that's, that's right. twofold, right? It's serving the media what they want and then also giving them nuggets that they would never know about because then you become really, really, uh, you know, um, a huge resource. Oh my gosh. And then you have your pick of the kinds of work you want to do. And that's the mm-hmm. ultimate goal, not just to be in service, but to learn how to do this so you can do what you want. And that's, I'm excited. We're going to talk to Dr. Ben in a minute. It's coming up next right here on Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to Be a Media Magnet com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. I'm Tara Gispicio, joined by... Paula Rizzo. Of course. Well, welcome back. We're talking about one of the biggest obstacles to getting more media attention today. And it's not that people don't like you. It's that you're in your own way. It's your mindset that could be keeping you from being a go-to expert. And we know that from experience. So to help you get over this, we've tapped one of our favorite media contributors, psychologist, Dr. Ben Michaelis. And I got to give you like, roll out the red carpet a little bit about Dr. Ben. Dr. Ben is a clinical psychologist in private practice and a visiting scholar at Columbia University with an expertise in evolutionary psychology and the hidden motivations of human beings. Sounds exactly on topic for us. He's, he's written and contributed tons of popular and scholarly articles. He's been featured in the Huffington Post, Psychology Today, The Oprah Magazine, oh, The Oprah Magazine, and other well-known outlets. Uh, you see, gosh, geez, Dr. Ben, Vanity Fair, Forbes, Red Book, Glamour. Look, Keep them coming. The man gets around, is all I have to say. He's the author of The Next <laughs> Big Thing, 10 Small Steps to Get You Moving, to get moving and happy. 
Welcome, Dr. Ben. We're so happy to see you. Always. Thanks for having me. It's always always fun to hang out with you guys. So it's fun to be here. This is this is great. And full disclosure, this is going to be a total love fest. We love Dr. Ben Michaelis. Uh, (laughs) We drink the Kool Aid, but we, uh, you and I, have worked together as I was a senior health producer for many years at Fox News Channel. Um, I called on you many times, and you also gave me tons of great ideas for lots of segments. So, Dr. Ben brought it. Thrilled. He brought it. I was thinking about it when you, during you know your last segment before the commercial, you were talking about how there, the you know you talk to different experts and people are sort of on your your eyes and ears on the ground. I was thinking about something that when you know when you were working with Fox, I had uh, seen some uh, story about Dale Chihuly who uh, came out as being bipolar, mm-hmm. and I sent you some information to it about it and what was going on and some visuals because I think that's really helpful as you know, because you're a producer, you want to have a visual story. And you were like, oh, that's, you know, really interesting. It's good to know. We chatted about it for a little while, but you were like, I don't know if this is quite right just now. Right. And then about a month or two later, Elon Musk came out and said that he was bipolar. And then you came back to me and you said, you know what? This is a good story now because Elon Musk is very much in the news. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to some of the talking points we talked about. And so it was really, you know, just a matter of an exchange. Like I had sort of given you some information that I thought was interesting and you were like, all right, I'm going to file that away until it was just the right time. And so that's the type of thing that seems to work a fair amount is again, just sort of being helpful to you. And then when Mm -hmm. the time comes, you come back around. Exactly. It's sometimes, you know, it's not the right time or it's like you put, you you put it out there and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then you know how it is with the media. We don't need you until we need you. And then we're like, where are you? What are you doing? Stop everything. Me, 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 me. And you know, a a lot of times if if you do that for us, then you become our go-to person. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yes. Wonderful. Um, well, but some of the issues, I mean, you're very good at this and we'll talk about, you know, how you pitch media and how you were able to get, you know, all of the coverage that you've gotten through the years and continue to get. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, some more, but just the mindset behind it. So if we're going to put on, you know, your psychologist hat and really what is the issue with people in putting themselves out in a bigger way? Why do so many people struggle with that? No, I think people doubt their own credentials and their own expertise. They don't think that they can, they don't think they have the ability to do this. And it's the people that actually put themselves out there that you become, you become an expert over time, not only through your studies, but what you do and what you're putting out in the world. And it's really important to put yourself out there. You learn a tremendous amount. You get a lot of feedback from what you put out there. And it's never you know, perfect right away. You, you put something out there, you get some feedback and then you're like, oh, okay, I need to change a little bit. I need to pivot a little bit based on mm-hmm. what I'm learning. And it's something that I think that in school that, that we don't learn enough, you sort of get your grade and that's your grade. And mm-hmm. I think that that really sort of tends to demoralize people. They think like one shot and I'm done. And it's never like that in real life. You sort of try mm-hmm. and you try and you try and you're constantly changing and moving and that's what makes successful people. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what are the, the tactics? Because for me, you know me. I like a good list, Ben Michaelis. I think um, I that about <laughs> <laughs> But if, if I were giving the advice, I'd be like, just get over it and pitch the media. You're fine. Not great advice. So no, what, what could you really do if you really are struggling with this to be able to put yourself out there in a bigger way? So, you know, go with, uh, go locally. Uh, Don't necessarily try national things right off the bat. Um, You know, if you have, if you can make some, some contacts in kind of local markets and people get to know you, then you sort of show yourself as having this ability and you're learning. Um, Building the confidence a little bit there too. Building your confidence, building your real and building your experience. Because I mean, I can tell you and you can, I'm not encouraging people to do this, but you can go on my website to see some of the early media clips. And I was really wooden. I was really uncomfortable when uh, the camera would come to me and things of that nature. But you keep on doing it enough times. And then, you know, eventually you're like, oh, this is not a big deal. But, you know, nobody starts out playing center field for the New York Yankees. You start out in the farm teams, the farm leagues. And so, again, find something, find a way that you are most comfortable and then build from there. But you don't necessarily need to go 
right off the bat to the, the largest national or international markets. Right, and don't expect you're supposed to like nail it and be some kind of overnight success. As we know, there is no such thing as an overnight success. Behind every one that we think we see, there are deep, deep roots and lots of years of rejection and working and all that. But here's my question to you. Okay. Even your, your book about your next big thing. Mm-hmm. When people think about, well, now I've done this job forever, <clears throat> I've been building up my expertise. I want to go bigger. I want the world to see me. Or I want to contribute on a larger stage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's terrific. Look, we're in the business of helping people do that. But I got to ask, is there too much cultural pressure on going big now? When anyone can become some kind of media starlet uh, just by their own, under their own juice, right, creating their own media, is there too much pressure? Does that pressure, uh, is that good for us or is it too much? I think it's too much. And I think if, if the only idea is just to sort of be a splash and be out there, I think that um, you're not going to necessarily do too well. If you're actually trying to bring value and contribute to people, that's the, that I do think is a difference. If you have something that you really want to share and it's not just about, I need to be in the media because right. you can tell the difference. When someone actually has something to share, you tend to want to listen to them. It, but, but again, there's, there's a big difference between actually wanting to get information out there and saying, you know, as you were saying, Terry, oh, I really want to contribute this versus I just really need to be famous. Yeah. And, and the people that actually have something to say tend, and, and they, they really believe in what they're, what they're doing tend to get through. Yeah, well, that's a big distinction, though, uh, because I mean, you know, I've worked with huge egos through my career, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to has to if you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to be, you know, on TV and radio, whatever, there's a little bit of ego that goes into that has to be has to be. But the difference is the ego with the for, for experts, the mission. There are so many people who I've worked with who I really love working with who it's mission-based first. They really want to get the information out there. Yep. It, could that be a motivator to, to push people to do this? Look, mission-based work, whatever it is, if you feel strongly about something, is the, I think, the finest work out there because it's not a one-shot deal. It's like, look, this is important. This is something that's larger than me. And mm-hmm. so you're willing to move a little bit and change and sculpt it so that people can hear it. Because if you have a message that's really valuable and <clears throat> no one's willing to hear it, then what, you know, what does it do? But if, you, if you're willing to sort of shape it a little bit, and we, you know, I know the two of you talked about that a, uh, for a while, like sort of shaping things to fit into a cultural narrative, then you actually have something there. Um, yeah. You know, when a number of things that I've talked about over the years about personality disorders, um, when, uh, when, <laughs> when president, when Trump was, was, was uh, campaigning, a lot of people came to me and said, Hey, look, I know you've talked about personality disorders in the past. We have this guy. What do you think? And that's where the Vanity right. Fair article came, came from. And a, a ton of things. It was just like a, a tidal wave after that. Interesting. Well, yeah, Trump does inspire a lot of psychologists to raise their hands lately <laughs> and pipe in with their opinions about personality. I mean, but it's great because we need to understand how people think. That's why you will always have work. How do we understand how people think? How do we change how we think? But what you just said there, Paula, what he was saying, that what Paula and I, we, we agree with you widely on this thing too, is that if you wait for the media to then decide you're on a mission, you're not really on a mission. The idea Mm. that you want to let the media know is, hey, I'm doing this anyway. I'm sharing this anyway. If this is useful to you, let's work uh, together. Do you want in on this? Do you want in on this? Because I'm already doing it. I could do anything you want, media. It's like, well, no, no, I want you to already be doing it. You want to be legit be doing it already. And there's part of that. There's part of serving what the media wants so that you can continue to be a a contributor and all of that. But at the same time, you have to have the thing that you really want to get out there because that's how you you do it. That's how you end up doing it. You play the game a little bit, right? You make the media happy and then you're able to get to the themes and the stuff that you really want to talk about. You know, in a lot of ways, I I think that it, it it does come down to just how you are hopefully in your friendships and in your relationships. Like, relationships should be reciprocal. You, are, you mm. should be giving things to people to get things. It's not necessarily in some sort of like Machiavellian way. Like you do things for people so that they're going to do things for you. It's just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And, and if you genuinely want to help people in, uh, you know, it, 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 and again, if you have something that you want to contribute, um, it, 
I do think it comes back to you. I know that that can be sound a little bit like frou frou, but I, I really believe it to be the case. Yeah, um, it has to be your guiding. It has to be. Cause if you're yeah. worried about what am I going to get back? Well, now you're not really giving me things cause you want to. I, yeah. I have a name for I have a name for that. Uh, actually, um, it, 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 it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Should we censor you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Let me get the bleep button. Where is the bleep button? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. All right. We'll do it during the commercial break. Uh, no, I actually think that this thing happens uh, in a lot of relationships. I call it ledger personality disorder. If you're always like trying to wonder like if you're getting enough, whether it's from your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, if you're worried about it in friendships, if you're worried about it with money, if you're worried about it with media, um, it will it, – those people never get enough and those people suffer. But if you're not worried about that, if you're like, you know what, I just, I'm, I'm doing this to, because I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it tends to work out in relationships and I think it tends to work out more broadly as well. But it's, it's interesting because you're saying not only will they never be satisfied, they will never actually be able to enjoy what happens because they're always evening the score. Right. And, and, and again, they're like, oh, but, you know, what does he have or what does she have? And um, I know Louis C.K. is, yeah, <laughs> mm. Louis C.K. is not like a particularly popular person at this particular moment, but he does have no. this one line when he was talking about his daughters, this is years ago, which I really liked. One of his daughters was looking at his other daughter's bowl and, he, and she was like, she's got more than me. And he turned uh, in his, his bit, he's like, he turns to her, he goes, the only time you should be looking into your sister's bowl is to make sure she has enough. Mm. Oh, mm. and I was like. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Speaking, yeah. though, of relationships and that kind of thing, a lot of times this mindset issue is about what my colleagues will think of me. Uh-huh. If I start getting all famous and all fabulous, mm-hmm. how will they look at me? How do what is what's that about? You know, I think that we are like, a lot of these messages we get from when we're very young, when we're in school. It's about like, how do you fit in? And don't stick out. Don't stand out. And it's the antithesis of what we actually need to be doing in life in many ways. Like school, the school model that we have is a industrial model. It is yes. about conformity. Mm-hmm. And, and everything is predicated on the, the idea that everyone needs to get the same. We all need to get the same education. We all need to be the same. But in life, it's the people that stand out that are willing to try different things that actually make the change. And, and, and so it really is a relearning process. And to be perfectly frank, like I, when I went out there big against Trump, like I do and still did and do get a lot of flack from my colleagues to be like, look, that's not appropriate. And it's like, you know what? There are a lot of people that don't have our training that are, that are giving their opinions about this person. (laughs) And it's like, probably not as credentialed. Yeah. And it's like, you can let, you can give them all the airtime, but I'm not going to do that. And um, so at any rate, you are, you are going to take some flack, but well, hopefully that, you, take, yeah. you take that and use it. You know, you use it as fuel. Like, great. Give well, me that flack. Is, that's another reason why people don't want to go out into the media at all, because what if someone disagrees with them? Uh, we'll, talk about, we'll be talking about that a little bit more in a bit. But that fear of what if someone doesn't then like me? What if someone disagrees with me? And I say, if you're not saying that some, you're not, you're not in the media saying something that somebody might disagree with, if you're not saying that anywhere. You're not going to be what there. What are you long. saying? Right. You're not worth listening to. Nobody's going to care. But you have to. Someone might care. You have to risk that someone won't like what you're saying. That's part of the deal. I'm going to plug one of my articles, um, which I wrote. Do it. Seven years okay. ago. Which is entitled is, it was on the Huffington Post. If everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> oh, Yes. Yes, I love that. I feel like I definitely read that of yours. Yeah, well, you, you didn't need to read that, Terry. Like, <laughs> Wait, what is that? You knew that in advance. She knew that. Well, what I know is I'm doing everything right, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, Dr. Ben, stick with us, Dr. Ben. We have some more questions for you, and we want everyone else to stick around, too. Keep listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. We'll be back in just a minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. We are here with Dr. Ben Michaelis. I'm Paula Rizzo. I'm Terry Jaspicio. Yes. And Paula, we're not going to go through all the places where Ben's been seen or we won't get to talk to him. It'll take the full 16 <laughs> minutes we have left. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, Dr. But, ben, you know, we really want to... Yeah, thanks for hanging with us and, and you know, talking through the mindset issue and how to be in the media and how to get out there in a bigger way and, and all of that. So the, the fear of exposure, getting out there, being seen, sort of self-preservation in a way, right? So, so, but where is that line where you can kind of push yourself between, oh, I'm a little hesitant, I'm a little scared, and then, you know, is this worth taking a risk? You know, I think that, <clears throat> first of all, we know that, Speaking in front of an audience is the number one fear uh, that Americans uh, struggle with. Uh, and there's some evolutionary reasons for that, uh, of a fear of exposure. Uh, and it is something that it, requ- it really does require just some, some practice. And I know that the two of you, when you take people on in some of your courses, you work with people, you actually have them practice in front of a, of a camera. And that's, that's mm-hmm. actually a really good methodology um, and just, again, building up practice and doing it. If you have something that you want to say and it's really genuinely important to you and you want to get out there in the world, um, you probably are going to persist. But it does require you to have some help along the way. I know that's, again, a lot of what the two of you guys do. Um, and it is just a matter of going a little bit at a time, just like anything, any skill building. It's just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then eventually you kind of don't even think about it. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really, you think like, well, it's not a risk, whatever. You were on one local TV show. It's fine. No one saw it or whatever. But it's like, right. it doesn't matter. It's the sheer, you just really feel naked out there when you're going to say something and afraid you'll say something wrong. And we're, we're all like, yeah, go do it. Blah. Like we can tell people to do it all day. But like if I were going on TV tomorrow, yeah, it's nerve wracking. I know that. And you have to be very careful. Uh, there's people, and we just said it, we're guilty of it too. We put, put yourself out there. Put, everyone's, I just want to put myself out there. Is there a time when you should be wary of when you're doing that? Like from, from a, putting with your therapist hat on? Yeah. You know, I think that being very clear about why you want to be out there mm. uh, and your motivations uh, behind it. Uh, and, you know, Paula and I have talked about this. Uh, you know, we all know people that are... Um, maybe not in it, not in it because they really have something they want to say. 
Uh, and I, I do think that that for those people, it's not as effective, but for people that have, again, are mission driven, I think, uh, again, you tend to persist. Mm. Uh, the other thing that you can be, be aware of is just what's going on in your world right now. Like if you just experience something really significant on, on a personal level, um, <clears throat> it may not be an op- optimal time necessarily to go out there. You just want to be really thoughtful about those things because mm. yes, you are exposed and, uh, and you don't want to be in a position where you're feeling very, what I, I put it as, either you're very raw or you're sort of feeling very, you're kind of your um, mm. veneer is very thin. So just be mindful of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, Ben? And I've told this to Paula, and I, I, it's a little bit, it's get, it's a little bit of a squishy sounding thing, but I really believe it. If you're going out and pitching media and wanting to get coverage, and you're really doing it because you just want people to love you, that mm-hmm. is dangerous, I think. And it's not that anyone who has a big ego means they don't have any love in their lives. That's not true. But if you're out there just because you really want the love and acceptance, we all want that. And I love it too. Who doesn't want that uh, recognition and affirmation? But if you're doing it for love, isn't that like a, not that I'm a therapist, isn't that something to look for? You're saying mission-driven, meaning go out to love, go out to give to as many people. When you're waiting and hoping that oh, if someone will love me, isn't that just a recipe for disaster on every front for humans? On, on- on every front, yes, uh, with <laughs> with relationships, nailed with, it. Yes, that is that's right. My next uh, question is: Will you love me? Would you please love me? <laughs> <laughs> I already love. I already love you. Oh, I love it. You said it was going to be a love fest. Yes, um, exactly. Well, Paul, um, we want to get into Dr. Ben. Uh, yeah, so Ben, success. I mean, you you have been doing media for a very long time, and I remember we had chatted about this uh, that you had wished you had done more before your book came out because when the book comes out, it's, it's really the occasion, but it's too mm-hmm. late. Yes, yeah. Yes. And so really building those relationships and getting all of those, you know, starting. Because like you said, sometimes, you know, and I and I loved you. I loved you as a guest. I loved having you on. But sometimes some of the ideas and the things just wouldn't work at the time, you know? Right. So it's a lot of hit or miss. It's a numbers game of pitching. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but what about for you in initially putting yourself out there? Any struggles that you faced, how you overcame that on a personal level? Um, I th- I was very self-conscious when I first was doing TV for sure. And going, doing a lot of local television was really helpful for me. For some reason it didn't feel, I mean, there were less, there were less people out there. It didn't feel as big of a deal for me when I made mistakes or was much more uh, wooden even. And then Mm -hmm. that happened enough times where I started to become comfortable there. And then when the today show, you know, whoever called, I was already very comfortable, so it was it was very easy for me to be on TV at that point. Mm-hmm. That's so starting kind of the ideal. Well, exactly. You can't, you have to condition yourself. You can't just start at the Today Show. Plus, they're not gonna they're probably not gonna bring you in if you haven't done anything before. You know, oh, that, absolutely. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you've been able to be consistent with media. Um, yes, and everyone I, wants never, to know. Uh, it's funny because I I know I, I think I know your answer, but I will say this is a fun fact trivia. When my book came out, Listful Thinking, the very first copy of that book that I ever signed was for Dr. Ben Michaelis. And tell him how that came about. How amazing. That was like, so, I, you know, we were, we were doing a segment and mm-hmm. uh, you came into Fox and my book was not out until the following week. The following Tuesday, you came in on a Wednesday and mm-hmm. Amazon had started shipping my book early and I had no idea. And who comes in for his segment ready pre-order, with my book? Pre-order the book. <laughs> ben Michaelis. And I was like, I hadn't seen the book yet. You know, I had only seen like the pre, you know, the galley version. I had never seen like the finished copy. And I, that, I mean, I, we will always share that moment, Ben. That was like an amazing, wonderful thing for you to have done. I, I'm so, I'm so pleased. I, you know, part of it is, um, you know, I knew, so you were going to have me on the show and I Googled you. And the first thing that came up was this book. And I was like, oh, that looks like a really interesting book. By the way, I'm plugging it. It's Listful Thinking uh, by Paul. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and no, I've given it to you. I have, I have a copy on my shelf, and I've given a couple of copies away to patients over the years. Oh, that's um, wonderful. But that's so nice. I, um, uh, I was like, oh, I should get this. And it came. It, I mean, it was just, it, it literally came, I think, the morning of or the morning before. And I was like, oh, cool. I should get her to sign it. And, um, you know, it was... He thought a little bit ahead, made a small step. It worked out. It could have been that the book didn't get there on the time. Whatever. Either way, he would have made sure 
Paula knew that he cared about what she was up to. Yes. Because most people just right, like they usually people. just eat them alive. Just, yeah. you know, eat producers alive and just go, all right, how can you help me? And it's not about that. It never has been with that with you and Ben. And I remember um, when your book launch party came out. Yes. You know, I have a book and I know what that's like. And you're concerned if people are going to show up. And it's like, I also love that you had it at an independent bookstore. Like that's, I, I have a lot of love for that. And I was like, yes, Sweet. I'm going to go. I'm going to support this woman um, because I, A, I like the book and I like you. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I just, I know what that's like. And the, the concern is like, are people going to show up to this bookstore? And that's where I had actually, for the first time, met Terry. Yes. Uh, yes. It um, wasn't actually. No, it wasn't was it? actually. It was the first, first time, time that we were aware that we knew each other. Okay. We met years before on um, Martha Stewart. Yes, I used to host a radio show there. And I think you were a call-in guest. Please tell me you were a call-in guest on that show and not in person. Because I am still mortified to this day that I've met <laughs> Dr. Ben at Paula's party. And he's like, hi, I'm Dr. Ben. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. He's like, yeah, I was on your show a few weeks yeah. ago. This just shows you, or whatever. Like, I, like, he was I like, years. we dated for several years. Yeah, <laughs> right. We had a relationship. I mean, we don't call him anymore. Well, he was like, um, yeah, of course. And I said, I'm Terry. He goes, I know who you are. He's like, we've met. And, and he knew who I was. Even if he didn't really, even if he hadn't been, I guess, on the show. He was like, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. And, and I was on your show once. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm a jackass. Nice to meet you. Like, I was embarrassed. <laughs> but it's like. Certain people, and look, we can't all be Ben. Ben is Ben. Like, that's his personality and who he is. But if you make, it's the tiniest gesture of going out of your way to make someone else feel known by you. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I don't even care if it's media. I don't care if it's job, dating, like, whatever it is, doors open. Ask Paula if she's ever booked another therapist since. Never. I'm like, where's Ben Michaelis? (laughs) Get me Ben Michaelis on the phone. And then guess what? When I'm doing a story, I call Ben Michaelis too. Well, the truth though, Ben, I mean, and this, it's a relationship. It's building relationships, not just with the outlet, but with the producer. I mean, I appreciate that as a producer because so many people look at you as just the vehicle to get on TV, to get to, and that, you know, we get passed over. So what, what has been your, I mean, I know you don't really have a tactic. This is just you being a good person. He owns so many books that producers wrote. He owns all of the books. <laughs> um, again, with, with anything, I, I, I think that the, the, the secret to being successful in business, uh, I think my cat is going to join us. Um, okay. I think that, Great. The, uh, uh, I think that the secret to being successful in, in business is the same thing that makes you a successful friend. Like, I mean, just be thoughtful about the other person. Like, we're all people. I don't care what you do, if you're a producer, if you're you're famous. Like, uh, fundamentally, like, we have all the same needs. And if you just treat that person like, it's it's kind of, it's so basic, but the golden rule, like you treat them the way you want to be treated, it's going to work out for you because you're doing a good thing. I mean, again, honestly, Paula, like, my motivation, I, I still remember your book signing because I had something else that night and I was like, no, I'm not going to it because my book had come out not that much before. And I remember, I just remember the experience of like, yeah. are people going to show matters. up? By the way, a lot of people showed up for Paul. Just so you know. Yeah, a lot of people. It was me and Ben, basically. That's yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was packed. But wait, yeah. hang on. You're, we know, you're obviously like the perfect example of how someone should treat media, but you also must pitch all the time. Can you give us a snapshot of how you're doing this consistently? Because it's not like every time you call them, you just get a segment. What is your ratio? How often are you doing this? So I really, it's really about what's interesting to me. If I think that there is something that's actually compelling to me, it's pretty, it's a pretty, it's pretty likely it's going to be compelling to other people. I read a lot. Um, I'm constantly looking at the news. And if there are, there are things that, that pop up that are related to mental health that I think it's important for the larger media to be aware of, I put it out there. Um, and eventually, again, you develop a, 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 a list of people that like, are, tend to be sort of interested in your stuff. And then it becomes this virtuous cycle because people start to contact you. Uh, they sort of know you as that person or like, you know, Terry, um, if you're like chatting with someone, they're like, oh, I need, I need a source to do X. They're like, oh, I know someone. Yes. And, then, and then it's just, you right. just don't have, you, you do have to pitch a lot at first, but eventually you, d- you don't need to because people will come to you because they think of you. Mm-hmm. And is this like an important, how big a part of your efforts, marketing efforts is this now? Are you pitching once a month when things, something occurs to you, or you just now wait for people to come to you because you don't really need to push as hard? People, I, people really do come to me a fair amount at this point um, because I've done enough writing. I've done enough stuff 
for, you know, different TV shows and magazines that they just have you on. I mean, uh, you guys probably know how you do it. You have a Rolodex or you have like a few people that you refer to. And, you know, and also like, don't be a pig about it. Like, for example, um, uh, seriously, like an editor at Oprah magazine was like, hey, um, I have the story idea. Would you be good for it? And I'm like, you know what? Actually, to be honest with you, just given the angle of the story, I was like, you'd be better off with a woman, an African-American woman who is a therapist than me. Like, you're, I love that. I can, I can give you the quote, but like, let me find you someone. That's and great. I, I mean, like being that people. resource. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's incredible. Like to a producer to, to, to hear like, oh, I'm not going to just be a, a hog, right? I don't want to yeah. just give me all the media. It's like, there's actually somebody who is better suited for this, who will give you an even better, it's her specialty or whatever. And we so appreciate that. And that they is come back that to you. few people yeah. do because they just feel like, oh no, I don't want to give it away. But in the last few minutes that we have left, I just want to tell a quick Ben Michaelis story about Pokemon Go. Do you remember this story? Uh, so this story <laughs> has we become one of my favorites as far as mm-hmm. what to pitch and how to pitch. So Pokemon Go was a really big deal a couple years ago, right? It came out, people were all, it was a tech story. People were using this, this uh, you know, video game on their phones and going all over, you know, New York City and all over the world, really. And uh, I was like, dis- discounted as a tech story. I hear from Ben Michaelis, who's like, uh, this is a health story, and there are people who have agoraphobia, which is the, the, fear, the fear of going out of their house. They are leaving their house because of Pokemon Go. And I was like, what? I had no idea. You were my ears, uh, feet and ears on the ground. And I said, Ben Michael, let's come in now. Because this is going to be, <laughs> by next week, this will be an old story. Right now. Right. And, right, Pokemon Go is gone, right? But that was an amazing, that was a really great way to pitch. You know what? I remember that clearly as well. And the thing that, that tipped it for me, and I remember I can probably go back to the email. I was like, Paula, I have heard about this from three people this week and the week wasn't even out yet. I mean, and I was like, this is a big thing. And that like yep. two of the people were like, I'm go- I've gone out more in the last week than I had in the prior like two months. I was like, this is going to be big. And, and that's what, what prompted me to, to email you. So. And then guess what? Story. No one talks about it anymore. And that's, exactly. that's why it's you gone. get your piece while you can. Dr. Ben, <laughs> it's always such a pleasure. So great to see you. Be sure to check him out at Dr. Ben Michaelis, Michael with an IS, dot com. And thank you all also for joining us today. If this sounds like fun to you and you're wondering how you can get in on this media action and go bigger with your brand and business, we've got a little gift for you, Paula. Ooh, a little freebie for you. What have they won? They, they have won a video course that we created uh, on, on how the media can, can help you, but more importantly, how you can get the media interested in what you have to say. And it's free. It is uh, at beamediamagnet.com. If you go there, you'll get instant access. That's beamediamagnet.com. And uh, until next week, I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And you do have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.